Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And this week, I'm talking with Karen Banghart, who has a very inspiring story about getting colon cancer when she was 51 in January 2020. She was shocked. How could she have cancer when she took such good care of herself? And this experience pushed her to educate herself and empower herself with knowledge about not just her health, but also her diet and especially gut health. We'll get to our chat in just a minute. But first, I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking for some free resources about how to cut sugar, then I have plenty for you. Come check out the Life After Sugar Facebook page and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, as well as my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar, which is where you'll get all kinds of inspiration. Pictures of meals, short reels, useful info to get you started on your life after sugar, as well as thought-provoking quotes and even sometimes pictures of our cat, so that you can see that it's perfectly possible to live a happy and active life, even if you don't eat sugar. You can also check out my TikTok account at netta underscore life after sugar. And if cravings are getting in the way and causing you to fall off the wagon, then I have five tips for you, especially if you're an intermittent faster, to help you get rid of cravings. Go to aftersugarclub.com and download your five tips today. You can also find my simple guide for getting more energy with less sugar by going to aftersugarclub.com, scrolling down to the bottom and clicking on Simple Guide. And while you're there at aftersugarclub.com, you can also have a look at the videos I've made for you to show you what to eat that doesn't contain added sugars, where to find real whole foods at the grocery store, and also how to look after your gut health with fermented foods and drinks. And speaking of gut health, here's my chat with Karen. All right, so today I'm talking with Karen Banghart, who is a nutrition health coach and gut health advisor that I'm happy to talk with, especially because we're going to be talking about sugar and gut health. And so Karen, can you tell me a bit about your own story with sugar and your health journey? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Netta. I appreciate it so much. You're just such a delight. Yeah, a little bit about Karen. So 2020, the beginning of 2020, January of 2020, I was diagnosed with colon cancer at the age of 51. And I hadn't had my, you know, typical 
um, checkup at 50, where you go in and you do all the things, but I had been having trouble for, I could actually tell you now, Netta, for years, but I had had trouble for the year previous to that. And I thought, you know, I need to get in, have a colonoscopy, see what's going on. Went in for my colonoscopy on January 8th. And I was just so delighted because the nurses are like, this is going to be awesome. You're going to find out what's going on. If you have an autoimmune, which I knew nothing about, I knew, I didn't even know what they were talking about, but I had, you know, went on Dr. Google and looked up my symptoms that have had colitis, Crohn's, again, autoimmune disorders. And, you know, at the end, Netta, it always said, or cancer, or oh. cancer. Yeah. And but what were your symptoms? Oh, symptoms, bloody mucus, severe abdominal pain, um, a feeling like I had to go to the bathroom when I didn't. Um, and again, I don't think those were necessarily related with the cancer and we can go into that, but that was my symptoms. You know, I'd always had mucus if different issues, feeling like I had to, and it's TMI going to the restroom, you know, um, and my bowels would not, I, they would be empty. So I had like an inflammation happening for sure. And again, I just, I tried all the diets, you know, I tried the carnivore diet because, you know, that's one that has no foods that are going to be inflammatory supposedly. And it didn't change, you know, so I just kept seeing, you know, this just continue on. I didn't feel good again. I had, you know, um, bloating things that you, that aren't normal that I normalized because I thought that's how my body was. So I just decided I'm going to go in again. I'm laying there, you know, prepped for a colonoscopy, which is not fun, but they are important. And the nurses were like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. You know? So I thought, great. Well, Netta, I go in for my colonoscopy. I am actually woke up by the GI doctor telling me I have cancer. My poor husband standing next to me, his face just fell. You know, if you can imagine, he just was standing there white as a ghost. And, and I just looked at him, poor guy. And we, we got dressed, we left. And I looked at him because he still had this look of horror on his face. Because when you say the word cancer, people think of death. That's immediately what they think of. And I looked over at him. We were going to, over to my parents' house to tell them. And I said, this is not my demise. Just know this is not taking me out. How I knew that, Netta, I don't know. But I knew it wasn't going to be the end of me. So again, fast forward, I go in, have colon resection surgery. Totally amazing. If we wanted to ever talk about what they do, it's just crazy. And you know, they took out 17 lymph nodes and looked at those. And I didn't have any disease that had spread. It was one millimeter of coming out of my colon. It spreads through your colon, colon cancer spreads through your colon. And so I was very fortunate in that way. You know, I did have a foot of my colon taken out, but they just put me back together. If you can imagine a hose being put back together, spliced together. And, you know, I didn't have to have chemo. I didn't have to have radiation. So that was the beginning I know that wasn't the beginning of my health journey, but it was the beginning of that health journey in my story. Wow. Wow. And how old are you now? I am 54. I had to think about it because that was three years ago. Oh. Yeah. It was and the beginning of 2020. Are you considered in remission now? 
Um, you know, people ask me that they're like, are you cancer free? Are you remission? I don't have cancer, Netta. That's how I, I really feel like I'm not, I don't have, um, I'm not in remission. I'm not in, I, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer in my body. So I don't have cancer. I just don't know how to explain it to people. That's, that's not my story, you know? So it's just not who I portray myself as. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yes. We can choose how we see, you know, our health, our life, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. So, um, have you always eaten? (laughs) I hate this question and I'm asking it myself. (laughs) Have you always eaten healthy? Oh, absolutely not. My friend never in my life. You know, um, I think back to, okay, when I grew up, it was the seventies, eighties. And even when I fed my children that, oh, it just makes me cringe now. But no, I ate the standard American diet. I'm in America. (laughs) We ate cupboard crap. We ate the drive-through diet. We ate all the processed food. And that's how I was brought up. In fact, this morning, I heard something on um, a podcast I was listening to myself. And he was talking and he said something about, you know, craft and those different companies. And I thought, you know what, Netta, I used to have cookbooks from craft. That's not food, my friend, that is not food. You know, that is processed junk food. So no, I did not eat healthy. Um, Did I like good things like vegetables and fruit and all that? Yeah, absolutely. But no, I would, I would say I was a standard American diet eater. Gotcha. Okay. And when you tried, like you mentioned the carnivore diet, when you tried that, did you in your mind think, oh, this is healthy, this is unhealthy, or this is what I have to do to reduce inflammation or what? Um, You know, at that point, I was just in all for, you know, reducing the inflammation. But did I think it was healthy? I'm not a huge meat eater. I like meat, but I don't eat it all the time. Um, so it was a little bit different to me, especially every meal, because I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss my vegetables. I'm going to miss some of the things I eat. Now, when you asked me to, did I always eat unhealthy? You know, my husband, when it was 10 years ago, he turned 50 and I didn't know we were going on a health journey. You know, he did it without me knowing, I suppose, but he started eating better and started watching what he was eating and doing the different things. And we tried different diets. And now I think back and go, those were not healthy, but you know, that's something with me and you and I've spoke, I've never been considered overweight or unhealthy. I've always exercised. I've always done all the things, not smoke and drink, you know, do drugs. I I'm just not that person. So for me to have cancer diagnosis was mind-blowing to everyone. I had people tell me, well, if you can get it, that means anybody can get it. Because, and that sort of assumes to me that it's somehow your fault when you get cancer, which is Mm -hmm. mind-blowing to me from Mm -hmm. having come across so many people with cancer. I mean, it's bad enough to be diagnosed with cancer, let alone have someone telling you it's your fault for getting it. Right, right. But, you know, it was really interesting with the doctors. They all stood there and told me, you're not a typical patient. Again, I wasn't overweight. I didn't have all the, you know, signs that somebody does when they have cancer, which is scary. But it just goes to show you our bodies can look healthier and may not be healthy on the inside. So we really need to pay attention to what we put on the inside. Yes. I mean, I do make the distinction myself between um, putting all the odds in our favor not just where cancer is concerned, but any 
sort of health issues and mm -hmm. sort of um and blaming ourselves for whatever health issues we may have like it's a it's like you were saying before it's how we choose to see things that makes yes. the difference rather than how they are out there um mm -hmm. so do you feel that this diagnosis of of colon cancer helped you to change your diet and your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and the doctors don't help, you know, it didn't help that we went straight into COVID too. You know, it was a month later after having my resection surgery. And I was like, what am I going to do? And that's where my journey began for like becoming a health, a nutrition health coach and gut health advisor. I just went all in Netta. It was a perfect time in a way, you know, I think back now and think, oh, that was great. You know, I was able to do all the things, but one of the first things I did was I cut out gluten. You know, I was ha still having issues. Again, I was not told by any doctors, dietitians, nutritionists, anything. I was basically told go home and heal you know, and then you just go live your life, right? You, you aren't schooled. Yeah. There's no how to. No, no. And they don't, they don't take nutrition into account that this could have been part of the issue. How did I get colon cancer? I've asked it numerous times, you know, thinking, how did I get colon cancer? And I know it was a perfect storm. I know some of the things, environmental toxins that we had that I used roundup. I sprayed the weeds at our house, but I know that my diet was very concerning. And, you know, was I lucky as I was told by the oncologist when I had asked him how I got cancer? That's what he told me, Netta. I was lucky. And I thought, well, I don't want to be lucky, you know, but here I was. So again, I went on my journey, my health journey. We started and I just started researching, researching and learning and empowering myself. And I actually love it. You and I both love this journey. We're on this health journey yeah. and yeah. just want to scream and yell to people, Hey, let me share this with you when we know something. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So, so in your fifties, you decided to um, educate yourself about nutrition and gut health. Where did you mm -hmm. even find the info? Because let's face it, it's not that easy to find. No. And I did go to school. I actually got my certification. I went through IIN and it was a great program. And, but you know what? I listen, I look, I research. There is information if you're looking for it. And I also knew how my body felt. I knew I was feeling better. I knew I was feeling healthier. You know, I, I wasn't having these issues like I was before. And you can say, well, you just had resection surgery. Of course, you're going to be having, you know, some feelings of heaviness or, you know, uncomfort or any of those kinds of things. But I just knew that I felt better as I changed my diet and got healthier. And so, okay. So what does this have to do with sugar? <laughs> what mm. does diet have to do with sugar and, and everything? And, and, you know, what's funny Netta, is if you knew me as a person, you'd go, Karen doesn't like sugar. It's very deceiving. It's hidden in so many process, processed products. And that's, again, what I ate. You have to remember what I ate. I often talk to my group of people or on my podcast um, about my love of ketchup, my love of condiments. I love barbecue sauce, but I loved ketchup. And unknowingly, right? They had changed, well, it had sugar in it, but they changed it to the high fructose corn syrup in the eighties. Honey, I didn't know that. 
I didn't know what I didn't know. Sure. And, and was I a sugar fiend? I didn't think so. But did I love ketchup a little, you know, a little bit of burger or fries or onion rings with my ketchup? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now when I think back, it yeah, kind of makes you giggle. But that's the problem with society. People don't know, you know, they're eating these Franken foods thinking this is nutritious and not realizing this is cellular level. I mean, we could get so deep, but this is you. If you want to walk around as a giant Cheeto or a giant hostess cupcake or whatever it is, or a blob of ketchup, you know, just keep eating what you're eating because you are creating your body. Yes. And it's being pushed on you, you know, in government recommendations and all that kind of thing Mm. and I think I saw that in the states the recipe for ketchup is different from in Europe or in Canada where you do have high fructose corn syrup in ketchup Mm -hmm. in the states but we don't here in Canada and they don't in Europe but I think I saw that Mm -hmm. yeah and they you know thankfully we're getting farther away from that stuff people are people are waking up netta which is just amazing right they're waking up they're finding out this information and they're going this is not okay you know we've been duped into thinking you're just eating to eat and these products are being put out there so that was one of my that was one of my favorite things and so when we talk about sugar i unknowingly ate quite a bit of sugar my friend Okay, even though you didn't necessarily eat sweet foods or desserts that much? Yeah, not as much, not as much. But yeah, I Mm. still have my things, you know, and again, I think back to how I fed my family. And I've apologized. (laughs) I've apologized profusely to them and just said, I'm so sorry. You know, but again, I didn't know what I didn't know. That's how my family ate. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's not your fault. It's not like you're doing it willingly or knowingly, you know, we, we eat what we're told to eat really, or a little bit, you know, we're a little bit docile until we actually have the info to think for ourselves. Yes. And in America, we go into the grocery store and we think we're protected by the USDA, the FDA. These, these companies would not allow these things in the store, Netta, that weren't to harm us, right? Well, we're mm-hmm. wrong. And again, you're unknowingly buying these processed foods. So, you know, we can go about talk about how to shop in a grocery store around the perimeter, things like that. You know, you don't need all these processed foods. You need to eat whole nutritious foods. Again, this is something I learned and I say it on my podcast. I've said it to friends. My dad, when I started doing this, Netta, he said, What are whole foods? Yeah. It's a mystery, a mystery. What is food if it doesn't come in a box or a packet or whatever? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. I just want to take a quick break to thank you for listening to this podcast, for rating it and for leaving a review. I love reading your reviews. And if you, dear listener, haven't rated or reviewed this podcast yet, could I ask you to do that by scrolling down, tapping on the stars to rate this podcast and tapping on write a review to write your review. The more reviews and ratings this podcast has, the more it gets shared and the more people we can help to begin their life after sugar. Thank you. And another thing that I love, love, love talking about is ingredients. 
if people do buy processed food, check out your ingredients. Yes, I like to look at the list of ingredients before I even look at the nutrition facts table. Oh, absolutely. Which, which I think has been specifically made to be confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even if you have a university education, um, you yeah, I defy anyone to actually find that nutrition facts label thing easy to read. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, do you look at the ingredients first? Absolutely. And that's the only thing I look at. I can pick something up and know, is the list, you know, as long as your arm, put it back, you know, is is it a short list? It's usually better. Do I recognize the ingredients? You know, if I don't recognize them, my body's not going to recognize them. Were they made in a lab? They're Franken foods, you know, they have actual food scientists that create these, you know, foods, flavors. They want people to crave it. I mean, again, we could go into so many directions with this, but you know, we have to look at these foods and think, are these a science experiment or is this food? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we needing a list of ingredients in the first place? I often right. say that whole foods are the ingredients. They exactly. don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always say you pick up an avocado or a banana. It doesn't have a label. Exactly. That's how you know it's, it's a whole food. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yes. And even, um, and sometimes I joke that like a bag of sugar has only one ingredient in it. If you're looking at the length <laughs> that's very of the true. List, watch out. <laughs> that's not the that's only That's very thing. true. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what got you into being interested in gut health? Again, my journey, right? Having colon cancer, having gut dysbiosis for years. Again, I can tell you, I actually had a colonoscopy when I, I was thinking about it. I think I was like 25 and I had had blood. I was bleeding. I was having, again, these issues with my gut. And back then I was a soda drinker. So, you know, anytime, and I drank it all the time, Netta, you know, again, people say, well, you weren't a sugar fiend, but I, I was that person again, it's normalized, right? Drinking soda, you drink it, you know, I drank it for breakfast, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, I just drink, I, probably wasn't as bad as like my husband who would drink like a six pack, but every day, but I would have two or three and not think about it, not think about that sugar and how it was impacting me. Yeah. And did you drink the regular or did you drink the sugar free or the diet? Oh gosh, no diet. No, I just went for (laughs) the regular. And then you think of things, the real good stuff. (laughs) You know, you think about the ones that have food dyes in it. Again, we could go on. So I've learned so much in my journey here, you know, and empowered myself, but yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, that's just how I did. I, I drank soda. Yeah. And despite that, you know, you still weren't overweight as if, as yeah, same with me as if that is the absolute only way to measure your health is your weight. Right. In our experience, and I'm pretty sure we're not the only ones, there were other things going on Mm. that didn't have anything to do with being overweight. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned being younger, having a colonoscopy at 25. And that's probably why I didn't have one till later until it got really bad, because I kind of normalized myself. You know, I, I just dealt with those issues, if you will, you know, and didn't tell anybody you know, I, I suffered in silence, Netta, you know, and I thought this is just how my body is again, not realizing this is doing something to your gut. Our gut goes from our mouth to our anus, 
you know, it's, it's all the way down, my friend. So yeah. when people think, well, you know, I just had a little bit of this or a little, no, it affects everything. Yeah. And your brain as well. It goes up as well. Oh, in your brain. Mm, yes. Yes. <laughs> so um, tell me or tell the listeners a little bit about what you actually, you say you're a gut health advisor. So what do you advise people on? Oh, lots of things. Again, we talk about processed food. We talk about seed oils. We talk about sugar. You know, we have this thing called the gut microbiome and it's super important. And again, I can go back into my story and tell you as a child, um, and I think you and I talked about this when you were on my podcast as a child, I actually was on an antibiotic for a complete year. You know, now they wouldn't do this at school, but back then, and I believe it was the second grade and they tested us every month and every month they said, you have strep. I don't remember feeling really bad, Netta, but they told me this and I was on an antibiotic for a complete year. And I guarantee that's where a lot of this stemmed from from there, plus eating the sugars and the processed foods and the oils. But that's where it stemmed from. It's so hard on our body. Antibiotics are perfect when you need them, but they also destroy all the, you know, good bugs too, which people need to understand when we're talking about microbiome. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that was what in the seventies where you mm -hmm. were given? So yeah. Much yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think that in in the United States, it's particularly they're heavy handed with antibiotics more than elsewhere. Do you know? Yeah, I would believe so. Again, I think it's lessened because now we're becoming immune to these, you know, people aren't, they've had so many, their body just doesn't do anything with them. Yeah, and, and different. they're meant for illness, right? They're meant when you have a bacterial infection, not when you have a virus and they're just handed out like candy, unfortunately. And again, now we're understanding what it does to our gut microbiome. Back then, I think it was this miracle drug and look, we're saving lives. And they probably did right when it came out. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's too much of a good thing in a way with antibiotics, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. it, it depends where that pendulum swings, right? Exactly. You, yeah. And even though I'm a huge fan of probiotics, especially the ones mm -hmm. I make myself, and I'm not talking about those little pills, I'm talking about foods and drinks, I mm. still, you know, have in the last almost eight years of being sugar-free, I still have had antibiotics where necessary, you know, where right. necessary, not as popping pills, but, you know, so I'm not anti-antibiotics, <laughs> but I am pro probiotics and I've had Love a few it. chats with doctors here who've treated me you know um about my probiotic foods and drinks one time before we were going on a big trip three-month trip to Mexico and they were like well you you should take these what was it what do they give to sort of help you not get a, a funny tummy overseas you know when you go to a hot country I know that my body doesn't react well to the change between what it's used to here in Canada right, right. And, and the hot weather when we get to Mexico let's say and mm -hmm. and I was like well and I was like what are they and she was like well the nurse said well they're like antibiotics and I'm like but I already eat and drink probiotics and she looked at me like I was crazy yeah yeah I'm sure she did <laughs> which I actually enjoyed but it's like it's, <laughs> it's like that was just off off the radar of the nurse or any doctors I've talked to just right what are you talking about right Do you get they that just well? 
Oh, absolutely. And they, and that's what they're meant to do. That's what they've learned. That's what they've been schooled in. They're going to treat it with a pill. That's what they know. They don't know the nutrition side. Again, I think it's starting to come out more. I think more doctors are realizing, I know our GP, he's amazing and he's shifted. You know, he's seeing the benefits of nutrition compared to just medication. So I think, I think it's changing which makes me so excited. I'm sure it makes you excited too. Yeah. 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 But, but we need that gut microbiome. We need, we need those bugs and we're so anti-bug. Okay. Let's talk about the last three years. You know, everybody is fearful and what are they af- afraid of? You know, that they're going to get this virus, that they're going to have some kind of issue. What they don't realize is we need bugs. We need this microbiome. We need these good bugs. We even need the bad bugs but we don't need them. We need them level, if that makes sense. Yeah, like balanced. Balanced. So, so when you advise people, it's how how can we get to a place where we have this balance, where we have good gut health? I mean, I suppose cutting sugar, is that like the first step? Yeah, that's one of them. And people don't realize how much sugar is in processed food. I think it's in like 95% of processed food. And and when they read their ingredients, Netta, and they think, oh, it doesn't say sugar, sugar hides in many forms. They don't want you, the manufacturers don't want you to know what is in there. So they will actually, you know, the verbiage may be different, but it's still considered sugar, processed sugar. So other things, I talk about seed oils. I talk about seed oils a lot, especially in the US. Soybean oil is one of the highest forms of um, oils that we use, processed oils, again, in processed foods. You know, we need to watch our sugars, but if we're eating whole nutritious food, we can shift our diet. We can shift our microbiome and it's not going to shift out overnight, but I guarantee if you take somebody who is eating a processed food diet, drive-through diet, cupboard crap, as I call it, if they're eating those diets and they shift to a whole food diet, they're going to feel better within a few days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One one of the challenges that people have doing that is that they just have no idea what to replace those things with. Like as your right. dad is saying, what are whole foods and what do I do with them once I got them home? Right. Exactly. And I think we've overcomplicated it because we think we need that convenience. We think we need that easy. We think that that's how we need to live. But again, if we look at our body and how we feel, pay attention to those feels, we would go, mm, but this doesn't make me feel good when I eat these things. Yeah. Yes. It's um, it's almost like we don't even know what it feels like to feel good anymore. Absolutely. Because we've been feeling like crap for so long. We've normalized, you know, feeling yes. crappy. Yes. Yes. And we can even talk about sugar causing like leaky gut. Everybody's heard of leaky gut, right? Well, it makes the fibers in, in, in our intestines, you know, come apart and guess what? All that garbage goes out and it goes into your bloodstream. That's what leaky gut is. We need those fibers to be tight. We need that junction to be tight and to not flow into the bloodstream and cause these issues that cause inflammation that cause these other things. I mean, you know, all the things that sugar cause, you know, we talk about it all the time, right? Everybody always thinks of things like diabetes or obesity, but there's so much more. Think about all the people that are coming out now with fatty liver. And it is because of sugar, the excess amounts of sugar. What is it said? 
and an average American eats like 150 pounds of sugar a year. That's huh. insane. I don't even weigh that meta. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. And how do you, what, what can someone do who has leaky gut now that you mention it? What can mm-hmm. someone do to, to get the, to, to undo to that, to make it better? Yeah. You need to repair it again. You need to get off these processed foods, these sugars, these oils, all these things and start, you know, healing your gut. There's different protocols that you can use. You talked about probiotics. There's prebiotics, you know, we can use, um, and you have to think of things like if you're using like yogurt that has a probiotic, it doesn't have added sugar because people will want to do that. And you just have to pay attention to that. Um, kefirs, you know, um, yeah. And I know you do a bunch of these type things. And my, one of my husband's favorite kombucha, you know, I have to share with you because this will make you laugh. Did you know, as an adult until recently, I had never eaten sauerkraut. Well, you know, not many people have, especially in the States. You have, you have to admit that it's not Mm -hmm. part of the American culture, let alone Mm -hmm. food culture. But these fermented foods are so healthy for our gut health. Yes, totally. Do you make yours or mm-hmm. do you buy them store bought? Oh, no, I make a lot of things which people go, oh my gosh, you make all that. But I do, I have not made those. No, kombucha we purchase. Again, you have to watch out for the additional sugars. You know, just because it says it's healthy doesn't mean it's healthy. You know, sauerkraut, again, yogurts, different things like that. Yeah. What do you mean? I have my favorites. Health? Yeah. Well, what do consumers need to look out for when they're shopping? Like if they decide not to make their own, which is totally understandable. If they decide to make their own, they can come and see me (laughs) in the After Sugar Club. But if they decide to use store-bought fermented foods and drinks, um, what do you advise them to look out for? Again, those extra ingredients, right? Look out for those. Check Check your labels. Make sure it doesn't have added sugars or... You know, it sounds silly, but some of the other things, if it has any kind of um, an emulsifier or things like that, where you'd be like, why is this in there? Start questioning, you know, what you're looking at. And there's so many products. Again, we're, we're now coming into this lovely world where so many manufacturers are switching. You have, again, they're processed foods, but they're using true ingredients, good ingredients. They're not shelf stable for eons. You know, you can't, you can't put them in your um, bunker and and go, okay, in 20 years, these are still going to be good. They're not going to be. Yes. Yes. I I read once that you can tell that something is a real whole food because it will go moldy or go go stale, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever quickly. Whereas, you know, it's, I've seen industrial breads last for weeks. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's scary. Bake your own bread. See <laughs> how long it stays on your counter. You know, and you talked about Europe and stuff. When we went to Europe, I was just amazed. I loved all the culture parts where they they went and got homemade beer, you know, their brew from the local pub or, you know, their bread at the bakery. Every morning fresh, Netta. That, you know, we've, again, we've, gotten out of what it means to eat healthy and went into the society of, I got to have it yesterday. It's got to be fast. It's got to be convenient. And I get it. We're all busy, but then your health suffers. 
Yes, well, you know, as you know personally, getting health issues like cancer is not particularly convenient. Oh, no, it's not convenient. It's not convenient at all. But again, I'm here to empower people. So through my story, I just want to help others. And I can tell you that I've had many of friends that have came to me and said, thank you for sharing your story. I went and got my colonoscopy. You know, I've even had friends that said it didn't turn out as well as they thought that they had to have resection surgery that, but they were happy that they went because they're alive because I told them, get out there, do these, you know, tests and, and make sure that you're staying on top of it. Yeah, totally. Yes. And the I preventative have, stuff. It's important. It's important. Totally agree. And I had a colonoscopy um, at the beginning of my life after sugar, as I call it, about uh -huh. seven years ago, because I wanted to make sure that my digestive issues were not sort of mechanical, as it were. Well, anyway, mm -hmm. you know how they get you to take that powder stuff to clean out your whole system, right? You know, what yes, I'm familiar. Yeah. And so and then uh, before the actual procedure, they get you to only they like give you here, at least they gave me a list of things I was allowed to eat, including jello, but not red mm. jello. Because <laughs> if that may, I know why. And um, <laughs> uh, like ensure, you know, those drinks, those meal replacement mm -hmm. drinks. Things. Anyway, this whole list, uh, everything had sugar in it or was highly processed. Yep. And I said to the colonoscopy doctor to the, what do they call the, yeah. I said to the specialist, why are you giving me a list of foods that are high in sugar and they're highly processed when my stomach mm -hmm. is completely empty. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't appreciate, I think he didn't appreciate me being so sassy. <laughs> and you know, it's funny that you mentioned this too, because when I have prepped for my colonoscopy, you want to know what I prep with water. We don't really need anything else. There is yeah. no reason if you're emptying your bowels, if you're not eating and fasting so that you can empty Water is sufficient, my friend. You don't need all these sugars, raising your glucose levels, making it actually makes me ill. And it's funny that you mentioned that too, because after I had my colon resection surgery in the hospital, what do they feed you? Mallow foods, popsicles, puddings, all these things just, I mean, I actually threw up because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, stop. And it wasn't that I couldn't even eat them. And they're like, you have to have something. I'm like, give me water. My, my body will heal, heal. I knew at that point, my body would heal. And my husband and I actually asked the nurse, what do you give diabetics when they're in here? And they said the same thing. Uh, yeah. True story. Yes. I believe you, unfortunately. Yeah. So and that needs to change. That needs to change. Yes. And I wonder how we as consumers and as patients can bring about that change. One way I find is just to refuse the hospital food or have visitors bring in your food or, you know, have them by refusing, have them actually think about what they're serving you. But, you know, those decisions get made high up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But people need to be thinking of those things too. It's out there. And again, empowering yourself, educating yourself. Again, I didn't know what I didn't know. I know so much more now and I love it. I love being able to share this wealth of information. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I think that as far as I know, 
Uh, nutrition is a very tiny part of medical training. Gut health, mm -hmm. I would say, even a fraction of that. And so we need people like you who have actually had some you know some education about yeah. the subject of gut health and can can advise your patients yeah and my mess has became my message you know you talk about doctors my gi doctor the one again who deals with your whole gi system i talked to him about diet and he didn't know netta how can he not know yeah. And I think the, the sort of the hopeful message that you and I have about this whole situation is that we as consumers and as patients have the power to educate mm -hmm. ourselves. We are not yes. passive receivers of the lack of information. We know how to read. We know how mm -hmm. to think. If there's stuff that we come across that we don't understand, we need to be able to know who to go and ask. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, th I think it's a hopeful situation rather. I, I You know, we were saying right from the beginning, we choose how to see things. I choose mm -hmm. to see it as a hopeful situation because we have that personal power. Yes. And being an advocate for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. It's wonderful. And it's wonderful to hear your story and how you, how did you say it? you changed your mess into your message? I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and can you tell now people how they can get in touch with you and the name of your podcast that I was on as well as a guest? Yes, the Health Gal Life podcast. And you can find me across the board, Health Gal Life. So just think of it as hell yeah, but health yeah. We want to live a health yeah life. So, oh. and I have something special for your audience if they would like. I have seven secrets to good gut health. And I will give them that for free if they would like. And all they need to do is go to my website at healthgallife.com forward slash gut health. Wonderful. I will put that link in with the show notes so people can get it right with this episode. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Karen. It was wonderful talking to you about gut health. Thank you. I appreciate you. And your listeners need to know you are on my podcast on you were on my podcast on March 20th. So make sure you go listen to episode number 66 with Netta. We talk all about sugar and all the fun things. So again, thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast. Thank you for allowing me to be on yours. And you know, together we unite to get the message out there about sugar and gut health. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you. Oh, what an inspiring chat with Karen. And I'm always happy to talk with my guests who are knowledgeable about gut health because I think we underestimate just how central gut health is to our general health. And the best thing you can do for your gut health is to cut processed foods, which most of the time automatically cuts out sugar and really flour too. And if you can add more fermented foods and drinks to your diet, all the better. Gut health isn't magic. It won't cure cancer or bring world peace, but it's definitely a million times better than basing your diet on ultra-processed foods. And just like Karen, you may need to be your own advocate for your diet and health. But it's tough to get there all on your own. You may need a helping hand. So if you're ready and committed 
to your own well-being and to improving your health by cutting sugar. And if you want to be with other like-minded people, then join us in the After Sugar Club. When you sign up, you'll get all the support, the accountability and the guidance you need to break free from the diet culture as well as from the emotional dependency that you have on sugar. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the big green button, join the club to see everything that's included in the After Sugar Club and in the Premium After Sugar Club, where you'll get much more personalized and customized guidance and feedback to help you on your journey to breaking free from sugar. Plus, you get a whole year for free in the After Sugar Club when you sign up for the premium option. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the big green button to join us. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.